Hello, and welcome back to the That's What She Read podcast with me, Nikki T, your Bible study buddy, real chill and faith-filled on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and get right into it. Our story today is all about Hannah, her husband, and her husband's other wife, Panina, aka the Ops. Joining me to break this one down is my friend, young media mogul in the making, Crystal Ketchum. Hey, Crystal. Yes, man. Hey, girl. Did you really say, let us rejoice and get right into it? <laughs> that was good. That was good. I got to give you props. That was good. Thank you. That's the new intro since April been roasting me for not having an intro. Let us rejoice and get right into it. And so... Let's get into this story. We're about to talk about Hannah, y'all. And you can find this story in 1 Samuel chapter 1. We will be covering verses 1 through 28. So here we find Hannah distraught over the fact that she could not have kids. And I've mentioned before why having children was so important to women in those times. Um, If you want to hear more about that, you can check out episode 3. It's called Abandon Your Comfort Zone. So anyhow... Hannah's husband was a guy named Elkanah, or Elkanah, depending on who you ask. Elkanah was married to both Hannah and Panina. And Panina was just like a hateful little thing. You know, she was the one who was able to have children. She gave Elkanah a couple of kids, and she just stayed ragging on Hannah about it, just picking at the girl, laughing at her, cracking jokes, and just really feeling herself for being the one who was able to have kids. But you know, the fact of the matter was that Hannah was the one that Elkanah was really in love with. Like, he really had it for Hannah. And see, I believe that Panina was pressed like a panini because she knew Hannah was really that girl. And so I think that's really what was behind it. She knew she was just something to do. But anyhow, so every year they took a family trip to Shiloh to go worship at the temple of the Lord and have a sacrificial meal, celebrate and give offerings and all that. And so Elkanah would pass out meat for his family to give as offering. And he would give Panina enough portions for her and her kids. But of course, Hannah would only get one portion because it was just her. So that was always go time for Panina, a little petty self, to try to like show out, crack her little jokes, point and laugh or whatever. And she did this every single year. And every single year, Hannah would be crying her eyes out, refusing to eat. Now, Crystal, I don't know about you, but when I'm sad, I'm going to eat. And when I'm happy, I'm going to still eat. Amen. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Hannah was so depressed that she would not eat. But I'm not even going to do my girl like that because I do know what it's like to feel that discouraged. So moving right along, how do you think Elkanah responded to Hannah's tears? Do you already know how he responded? Okay, so I'm going to be honest with y'all. I read this from um, TDJ's book, uh, Women Women That Pray, and I'm not really sure about his response. I don't think he talked about that. Okay, so let me tell you what his response was to his wife being down, depressed, discouraged about the fact that she couldn't have kids. This man said, Bae, why you crying? Like, why you ain't eating? Why you getting this sad just because you ain't got no kids? Like, how you feeling down when you got me, though? Like, he was like, look at me. I'm better than having 10 sons, ain't I? He literally said, isn't having me better than having 10 sons? I just think think that this might have been the birth of the blank face. Like, I feel like Hannah was probably just looking at him like, sir. Are you serious? Sir. 
But this situation was like really getting to Hannah. She was so discouraged. Years were passing. She felt like it was just never going to happen for her. So I want to ask you, has there ever been a time that you felt like something was just never going to happen for you? And if so, what was your response to that feeling? Girl, I've been her. I've been Hannah too many times. <laughs> um, we all been Hannah too many times. So I can tell y'all so many stories. So for me, it started really in college. Like I wanted to be in media. I wanted to be on red carpets, and I saw like all the people I know they was on red carpets interview, interviewing like you know Kevin Hart and the big celebrities. And I'm like, man, when is that ever going to be me? I'm just on Instagram scrolling, liking, and commenting. I'm like, God, why isn't that me? Uh-huh. And then I'm years, years after like hard work, pounding pavement, like working for free, it finally happened. And another one I can think of is just me wanting to move out. And you know about that story, like child, it's been like seven years. I'm like, God, I want to, I want to move out. I want to have my own apartment. I want to have my own place, my my place to call peace. And it just never happened. And in that time, I think God was preparing me like responsibly, like cleaning, cooking, saving up money. So I feel like things everything I wanted to happen right then and now it wasn't supposed to happen for me because I was probably missing something right great great point I do I do firmly believe that when we're in the season of waiting that's normally the time that you train in for whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. waiting for <clears throat> and I think it's hard for some of us to to look at it like that sometimes but I really think that's the truth because like this is a random um example because it's like you can't say i want to do coachella but you don't even practice like kind of like beyonce she trained six months for one moment and it's like people like we got to get ourselves prepared and ready for the things we ask for you want a husband but you're not prepared to be a wife right and sometimes it it takes him a while not because he's slow but because he's patient and he's patiently Mm -hmm. waiting for us to get it together so that he can bless us with whatever it is that we want Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just want things because you see other people have it not saying hannah wanted kids because of course she's i don't know how to pronounce the other lady's name well you can call her petty pina (laughs) <laughs> petty pina because you see petty pina had it or because she just genuinely wanted genuinely wanted kids but the thing is are you ready for kids you have the patient for a kid all right um again that listen to the episode uh abandon your comfort zone i kind of talk about um why it was important to have kids it was kind of attached to the value of a woman back then Mm-hmm. so that could have had something to do with it i'm sure she had plenty of reasons and i feel like plenty of us can relate to that feeling of feeling like god is blessing the wicked people or god is blessing everybody Ooh. but you and you know a lot of times we do get discouraged in the season of just waiting and that feeling is natural you know um also just trying to not not trying to just do everything in your own strength sometimes also Mm -hmm. god is wanting you to rely on him trust him i know that recently there was a time when i was frantically applying for a certain kind of job that i wanted i really really wanted i was very much qualified for it and i just was not getting any callbacks not being invited to interview or anything i just knew if i got the interview i got the job because like i'm qualified for this And so finally, Mm -hmm. I just stopped applying and I just gave it to God and just allowed him to have his way. And the next thing I know, an even better opportunity just fell in my lap that I wasn't even looking for. Amen. You know, and so now if I had gotten the jobs that I 
qualified for and that I was applying for and that I just knew I could get, then I might be able to take credit for that. Like, you know, who does that inspire? It's like, okay, yeah, one plus one equals two. But Mm -hmm. with God giving me something greater um, and something that I may not even feel qualified for, but then he gets to qualify me, he then gets all the glory for that. And so at some point, you know, like the song says, after you've done all you can, you just have to stand. You just have to enter into God's rest. Just relax and let him have his way and just trust that. Amen. And another thing I want people to realize is that waiting on God is a beautiful thing because imagine if you got one of these jobs that you was applying for yourself, would you be happy? You'd probably be miserable. Yeah, you'd be making money, but you, you hate your coworkers. You hate coming to work every day. What type of life is that? But when you wait on God, he'll give you what you want. Exactly. Not what you want, but what you need. Exactly. But now you got a job that you like. You like you don't mind coming to work, even if it's overtime. Like you, you, you know, not only are you making money, but you're happy. And listen, I've had enough dead end jobs that I know. I'm like, listen, Lord, clearly I don't know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know the way. You know the way. Like, I thought this job was going to be great. This job I've been praying to get for 10 years and then I get it and I can't stand it and I feel it's toxic and it's draining me. Let's not follow my way no more. Let's let's follow your way. <laughs> like, How you know? miserable is that? Right. And so... In that same vein, like, I'm sure Hannah tried everything she could in her own strength to have a baby, and it was just Mm -hmm. not happening for her, you know? I'm sure they was doing everything they needed to do, and it just wasn't happening. But what Hannah demonstrated is important to take note of. Like, a lot of us don't realize we can do this right here. She took her frustrations to God in prayer. Mm Mm-hmm. This was not like a pretty prayer. Ain't have no not at all. No, the Bible does not say that she kept it cute at all. She she expressed her true feelings to the Lord. You know something about that, right? Yeah, like from what I read, it was like you know, not she wasn't cursing, but it was almost like she was cursing. You know, when you real mad, you like I don't know if people do this. So you know, when you when you get real mad, you start cursing. Uh-huh. Now Hannah didn't start cursing, but it was the it was the tone of it all. Like it you passion. said, you were gonna do this, yeah. How come right. I'm still not having it? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I've ever prayed that hard before. Like almost like I was upset with God because you know I was hoping for something that didn't come. Uh-huh. But um, to me, it just mm-hmm. no. Go ahead. But to me, it just shows, like, sometimes, you know, when you're tired of waiting and you feel like it's not going to happen, really talk to God like you're talking to your friend or your boyfriend. Like, hey, you said you was going to do this. When is this going to happen? Right. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of us try to put on our professional voice. We try to coast mm-hmm. with, with God like he don't know us for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like... Hannah expressed her true feelings to God. I remember a sermon by Rick Warren where he said, God can handle your disappointment, your anger, your frustrations. He can handle all that. He wants you to be honest with him about how you're feeling. He already knows anyway how you're feeling. Like you could be down there, our father, which art in heaven, all you want. He knows what's really in your heart. So after the sacrificial meal, Hannah got up. And went to pray. She didn't even eat at that meal. She got up and and went to the temple to pray. And the priest 
Eli was sitting on guard at the entrance of the temple and he saw her praying. And the Bible says that she was, these are exact words. The Bible says that she was crying angrily and bitterly to God about why he had not allowed her to have kids. Like, Lord, you see this girl down here making fun of me, Mm -hmm. mocking me, you know, laughing at me, but you just going to bless her with kids, you know? And listen, I have experienced feeling like the enemy won against me or the enemy Mm -hmm. had what I wanted. Um, And that's how Hannah was feeling like, God, you just going to bless the wicked and not me. (laughs) Like, what's up with that? You know, you, she was addressing God like, why? But also in her prayer, she made a promise and she told the Lord that if he would give her a son, she would give him back. She vowed that her son's life would be dedicated to God in return. So meanwhile, your boy Eli, the priest, was just watching her. and All he saw was like her lips moving and no sound coming out. And he was like, I just know this chicken out here drunk at the house of the Lord. Like he thought she was drunk. He was like, ma'am. Like, I know you ain't out here going off the goose. And Hannah was like, sir, ain't nobody drunk. And then she gave him the rundown of what was going on, what she was upset about, what she was praying about. She expressed all that to him. And Eli was just like, you know, why you ain't say that? In that case, go in peace. May God grant your request. And for some reason, she took that and she held on to that little bit of encouragement from a priest. Hannah having somebody standing in agreement with her, she went off in faith. It increased her faith enough that she was happy again. And she went skipping back to the dinner table with confidence. And, you know, I just know she was like, sat right up under her man, like scoot over, petty Pina. I know you and your little boogers ain't ate all the yams. Pass me the peas, girl. Like she happy again. You know, she like the Lord about to bless me. He about to answer my prayers. And she casted her cares upon the Lord and she left them there. And the story doesn't even imply this is the misconception. The story does not imply that she had to wait much longer after that. Like we feel like. Like I mentioned before, like it takes God a long time to answer prayers. It's not that it takes him a long time. It's that he's being patient with us to bless us at the right time when we can handle it. Once she took her eyes off the circumstances and started to walk in faith, the Bible says that they got up the next morning, worshiped God at the temple one more time, hit the road back to the house. And it says like when they got home, they blew that candle out and the Lord remembered Hannah's prayer and she got pregnant and she had a son and she named that son Samuel. The following year, the family went to Shiloh to worship again and Hannah stayed home this time so she could nurse her son. And when her son was past the point of nursing, she took him to Shiloh up up to the temple where the priest Eli was still chilling. And she left her son in Eli's care. That was her way of giving him back to the Lord. So she left him at the temple with Eli to be raised as an assistant to the priest and serve and a servant of the Lord. And that concludes the chapter. Okay, so Crystal, do you have any takeaways from this story? I do. I have a, it's a lot, but I'll just start with this one, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all know, you notice when, you know, Hannah was down and out, right? And just contemplating, like, why? Why not me? You know, you got the petty queen over there, like, just making her feel even worse. So I just antagonizing her and criticizing her. Uh-huh. Like, we all been through that. Like, whether it's, you know, 
you want to get married and your parents like, oh, you never going to find a man or you want to graduate and somebody's like, you yeah, nah, you're not smart enough. Even through all of that, you got to bypass the haters and the naysayers to just focus on God because it's not what other people say or do to determine your life is God. Mm, yep. And it may be hard to do that sometimes because you got these people in your ear every so often telling you can't do something. But when you tune them out and just focus on God, good things will happen. I know that's probably easier said than done, but you can't focus on what other people have to say about you. All right. A hundred percent. You have another one? Uh, ooh, and another one, girl. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a page out of hand of the book and, like, you know, pray hard, pray, pray hard, pray with passion because, you know, God does promise you a life of abundance and if there's a certain area in your life where you're not seeing seeing that i just want to you know i'm gonna be more proactive about asking about that like lord you know you said i would be this or do that i ain't seeing it right because god gets glory when we're doing well when our life is producing fruit god gets glory from that he doesn't get any glory from you suffering and being down in the dumps and you know, going without having lack. Like, he doesn't get glory from that. He gets glory from showing himself strong in your life. And yeah, I agree. Another one of my takeaways is that you can be honest with God. Um, Hannah admitted that she was very discouraged and she poured her heart and her cares and her concerns out to God. She was honest with him. The same way you would be, like you said before, the same way you would be honest with your friend or your mate or somebody else, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be honest with a human about how you're feeling. But God, who knows your heart, already knows how you're feeling anyway. You can be open and honest with God. So that was one of my takeaways. You have another one? I think that's that that was my biggest two. Okay. Um, share. Okay. Um, I do have another one. I would say... Um, that once Hannah gave it to God and received that confirmation, she let it go. She was grateful in advance. You know, you have to thank him in advance. You have to um, expect an answer to your prayer. From that point, she fully expected and anticipated the answer to her prayer. A lot of times we give it to God and take it back, give it to God and take it back by praying and then worrying and then praying mm -hmm. and then worrying. And, you know, just repeating that cycle over and over. And it's not productive at all. It's stressful. And instead, you know, Hannah vented her frustrations to the Lord. She told him how she felt, gave him what was in her heart and left it with him. She was no longer worried or bitter. You know, your girl started eating again. Like, she was good mm -hmm. after that. <laughs> um, and another one I would say is... I think you touched on this. Don't compare yourself to others. Um, sometimes it looks what, like... Hmm? What did Kayla say? Comparison is the thief of joy? Exactly. Comparison is the thief of joy. Sometimes it looks like some of the worst people are living the best lives, and it's easy to think that you want what someone else has. But honestly, you do not know anybody's full story. Oof. I'm convinced that Project P was miserable on the inside, and that's why she was acting like that rather than facing her own issues. Now, she looked like she got it all because she got kids, but clearly something is missing and broken in her for her to be that mm -hmm. hateful. If she was happy, she would not be that hateful. So She wouldn't even be worried about you. 
Right, exactly. So don't compare yourself to other people. You don't know what they really are dealing with, no matter what they're presenting on the inside, on the outside. That, that is so true. And it's something else you said I want to touch on. Um, when you're expecting something from God and you're waiting on it, show him like I know you about to do this for me. That's why I'm prepping and I'm waiting. Like for me, for example, I was like, you know what? I know God's gonna bless me with this great job where I can get this apartment. So, girl, like two years in advance before I even got this place, I was already shopping for it. All right. You gotta go ahead and start preparing and acting like you know. Exactly. And that shows God, okay, oh, she got faith in me. She just know I'm about to show out. Exactly. So whatever you're hoping and expecting for, just prepare for it. Like you say you want to be a teacher, prepare for it. Stop buying exactly. stuff in your classroom. Start taking extra classes. It's going to come. All right. Correct. God is a good and faithful father. Just like you can be a good parent to your kid. If your kid asks you for something, if your kid asks you for a pair of shoes and you tell him you're going to give him those, that pair of shoes, he got all the faith. He ain't asking you where you're getting the money mm-hmm. from. He ain't asking you how you're going to do it. He running off happy. He telling his friends, yeah, I'm about to get these shoes because he trusts and believe in his parent, you as his parent, that you're going to come through with what he asked you for. And it's the same way with mm-hmm. God. We need to trust and believe in our father that he will come through and deliver what we asked him for. Amen. So whatever you praying or hoping, expecting, be prepared. Start getting prepared right now and show God, oh, look, I got faith in you. Like, that's why I already went out and did this. That's why I'm doing this. Like, right. that just makes him happy. Excellent. She trusts me. Excellent point to end on. I appreciate you for joining me, friend. You welcome. I love your podcast. Thank you, girl. <laughs> so again, that was the story of Hannah featuring Elkana and Patty Cake P. The following chapters do go on to talk more about Eli, his family, and what happens with Samuel um, being raised at the temple. I will cover some of those stories in future episodes. But for now, thank you for listening to the That's What She Read podcast. That's what I read, but I always want to know what you read. And remember that you can leave me voice memos and comments at the link in the description. So talk to me. Bye. Bye, Crystal. Bye.